coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios. This is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Y'all are some bitches out there, man. Complaining about we're late or three minutes late. Whatever. Shut up. Shut up, all of you. My name is John Crump. I am the GOA director of the great Commonwealth of Virginia. We're not to say we're a Commonwealth. I'm also a writer extraordinaire for Amelane.com, where I do a lot of investigative journalism, and I got some doozies coming up. So, what is this? Uh, so sick of political commercials. So am I in? Why? Alibaba.com. Whatever. Okay, let me just get out my plugs to jump into the show because you guys got me all discombobulated. First, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash John Crump. I'm two Patreons away from my goal for this quarter. So if two of you could subscribe, even at the $1 level, I would be more than happy. For the people on the audio, that's Patreon.com slash John Crump. Also, if you donate $5 in a Super Chat, you get one of the new patches from the patch drop. Oh, that's another advantage. If you subscribe to the Patreon at the $5 level, you get all the patch drops. For the new patch is about to drop, and you will get it. I need to take a drink. I'm about to cough. <coughs> and we are sponsored by, by Black Swan Tactical. Use 20% off to get everything off. Black Swan Tactical Grilling and Guns is going to have some stuff on Black Swan Tactical soon. If you want to see my stuff, just go to crumpy.com slash militia. That will bring you to the Black Swan Tactical Militia section where you get all the crumpy militia stuff, patches, shirts, whatever. This shirt comes from Black Swan Tactical. Check out this hat, the crumpy militia hat. Let's see if I can get it to focus. Yeah, there it is, crumpy militia hat. Pretty cool, right? You can get that. Hats, shirts, pins, everything. All right, now that we got all that out. Oh, by the way, you can go to Uncle Sam's Misguided Children and use code... Crumpy for 10% off there. Code Crumpy for 10% off there. All right. So let me bring in Cody from Swamp Dog Armory. How I are you? Good. Yeah. Our, our, our comment section isn't working again. I don't know when they're going to have that fixed, but it's not working. So I'm just going to read the comments if I have any comments. And I do not have COVID-19, Rogue Banshee. And yeah, Girl and Guns got some patches. What I do with these patches, I make 100 at a time in the unique designs that I design myself, <laughs> made up, and I sell them for like donations. And everything I make goes to my niece who has VIPG, which is a former childhood brain cancer. And once those 100 patches are gone, there, there's no more of that design. The Jolly Roger No Quarter for Tyrants patch is gone for good. All right, so let's get into it with you, man. What are you up to? Not a whole lot, just stay, seeing how things is going with you. I love your new intro, man. That's killer. Thanks. Tell everyone about you, about Swamp Dog Armory and everything. All right. Well, about me, uh, I recently graduated from SDI uh, last spring, and that's where I got my start with gunsmithing and stuff, and that's where Swamp Dog Armory itself came from. The shop itself ain't open yet. I'm going to be open come the first of the year, but I um, have a heavy emphasis on gunsmithing and custom work like Cerakote and Hydra Dipping. I do custom stocks. I got 
got a stock blank right over here that I'm working on. No guns, just wood. <clears throat> you hear that, YouTube? Don't kill my stream. <laughs> it's just a chunk of walnut. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, it's really cool. It's really cool what you do. I've been looking at some of your designs. You've been sharing some of your designs with me, and I think it's it's really cool. And we, we're going to have an announcement soon, but we're not going to make that today. But <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I got quite a few things coming down the pipeline. One of the big things with my channel, uh, which I got started with, is I'm going to be doing 3D, stereo 3D gun and gear reviews with a 3D VR video. Yeah. I saw some uh, of it. You let me... I'm trying to pick my camera here. It's kind of crooked. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're the first person that got to see one of the 3D videos. That's pretty cool. It's really cool what you do with that. Um, if people haven't seen it out there, you really should check it out. I'm going to try to fix my camera here. Sorry. I got a new, I got a bunch of uh, Canon cameras, M90s, or not, M50s, whatever they are. I don't know. Or the, that's not right. Ah. And uh, so I've been setting them up, but it's not exactly, not exactly. Good. There you go. That's better. All right. Yeah, I have a few uh, projects coming up that I'm working with uh, a few channels and other people doing some collaborations that will be announced soon. But everything's kind of hush-hush right now. So. Yeah, you got, a, you got a collaboration coming up with a pretty big YouTuber, I understand. You there? Yep. Uh, that one that shall not be mentioned right now, but I can mention another one that's coming up after that. Uh, I don't know how many people on here is also car guys instead of just gun guys, but any rotary fans in the comments? Oh, rotary fan. Oh, rotary engine, the Dorito engine, as they're called. All the Doritos. Yeah, if you if you don't know, rotary engines work different from a regular engine, and in the middle it looks like a freaking Dorito. Yep, no pistons. No pistons. Yeah, uh, Gorilla and Guns is biting. But for group, so I I'll go ahead and hook that up later. But yeah, no no pistons. Rotary engines are cool, man. Um, RX7s are just. Really cool. I mean, the, the sound and the freaking red line. Oh my god, you can hit high red line. There's not very many other cars other than bikes that can hit ten and twelve thousand RPM without just blowing. Yeah, I mean, the sound is like. Ee. All right, I I got it. Yeah, for everyone out there, we're gonna take a little detour into the car world. So give me one second here. Yeah, the one I'm talking about is a first gen if you're pulling up pictures, 85. No, I just want to show you how. Check this out. Oh, there you go. This is why they call it a Dorito, by the way. I might just try to fast forward it. Let's show you how it's built. See? Dorito. That's the internals of a rotary engine right there. Yeah, there ain't many other engines that you can pick up by yourself either to do a install or remove the motor. Yeah. See, instead of having pistons, you have this like big ass Dorito looking thing.
Basically, are you uh, able to pull up a picture if I send it to you? Yeah. Absolutely. Hold on just one second. This is a rendering of the project that I'm talking about. Uh, you are you on a you're on a are you you're on a phone? Never mind. Yeah, I'm on my phone. Yeah, just send me the picture and I'll bring I, it up. All right, I want to ask a question out there. Yes, Mazda RX-7. Name the actor that drove a red Mazda RX-7 in a movie. There's your trivia for the day. All right, did you send it to me? Yeah, I sent it. Uh, Where did you send it to? Email, uh, Instagram? Instagram. I will bring that up. Let's see if anybody can get this. You know there's a big car guy? Um, Hank Strange. I've heard that. Yeah, he's a huge car guy. I think I've seen a video of him on another channel where he was doing a review of a car. Yeah, he actually... I want to say it was an import. Yeah, I think he's actually going to do a... Uh, a um, let me just move this over here. Oh, I want this move over here. I think he's gonna do a uh, a car channel, actually. Yeah, that's what this build turned into something more than I had thought from the beginning, and I wasn't sure if I should put it on another channel or put it on Swamp Dog. So, right now we're leaving it with Swamp Dog, something else to bring people in. Yeah, I think this definitely will. I just can't bring it. I was going to say, once, once, once the actual build hits the internet and not just a 3D picture, people's mind is going to blow. All right. I'm just Especially trying to... You see a video of that with my 360 camera drifting around you with them on the front going off, the flames coming out. All right, I got it here. Let's see. This is the car that you are building. Bam. Check that out. Tell us about this car. Well, okay. So for a long time, I've actually had it for about six years now on and off and sold it and got it back and all that. I was wanting to build a street and strip car to take to the track occasionally. But with me getting the shop going and getting more into gun stuff, I decided I wanted to build something that I could take to car shows and advertise for the gun shop, too, and kind of cross-promote and stuff. The rockets that you see will actually be fired, and they're powered by propane. If anybody's familiar with, uh, like, the water rocket, bottle rocket uh, hobby-type stuff, it's similar-type setup. The Gatling guns where the pop-up headlights would be, those are actually mufflers that's going to be hooked up with a electric switch to switch for when you're doing drifting and stuff because you don't want your exhaust facing forward when you're going 100 miles an hour. And those actually spin just like a Gatling gun does. The, if the motor is getting built by Angel Motorsports out of Virginia, which are real big uh, in the rotary world. Anybody that's familiar probably recognize their name. And then I know people will recognize Hoonigan. Hoonigan, yeah, yeah, definitely if you're a car guy. 
that is really cool, man. Um, I, I like it. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to have the rockets on it when I'm going down the strip. They'll be removable, but for car shows, they'll work. And when I set it out front of the shop, <laughs> that is that is that is badass. I, I, like I don't it. think that would pass tech inspection at any track. So, no, probably not. I kind of doubt that, but that is freaking. That is awesome. Chris Shoemaker wins, so you Wolverine Town. Dominique Toretto. Good job. Yep. That that is awesome. Um, when do you plan to have that done? Uh, all together, it's probably going to be done. Uh, it's probably going to take 18 months or so. Cause like I said, I'm working with a couple of shops to do the motor work and all that. I'm doing everything the right way so that it's worth showing off and I can do some runs down the strip and stuff and not worry about it tearing up. You know, my but first I'm car taking, taking it different places and stuff to different car shows, plan on taking it to Vegas and, Florida and stuff like that. So keep an eye out. That is awesome. Joe Drag just uh, gave some money. Um, $25. I do have to make a comment about what you mentioned about Toretto driving a red RX-7. What's your comment about that? It's ju just, just a little nitpicky from an actual rotary nut. Anybody that has seen that movie... That is not what a rotary sounds like. They yeah. dub all the motor sounds. Every motor in that car is a Toyota TJZ. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They uh, got rid of the brat. Yeah. Um, I want to answer Joe Drag's question. Uh, my niece, we want to see her, uh, but she can't really travel right now, so we are planning to go up to New York. But New York has this dumbass quarantine that you have to go through. It's like a two-week quarantine. You have to stay in a hotel and you can't go anywhere or whatever. Uh, you have to fill out paperwork, which is crazy. Um, and it's a $10,000 fine. And they have something like a see something, say something type campaign up there. So we're probably going to go up there and risk it. But we might get a $10,000 fine and get arrested. But... <laughs> Probably gonna sneak up there probably in a couple weeks, be up there for the weekend and try to like hide out and not be recognized. Yeah, this is it sucks. I'm gonna have her remotely on the podcast, I think, though. Talking about my niece. Um, yeah, I was just fixing to ask if that's who you was talking about. I don't have YouTube open, so I can't check the comments well, right now. Talking about my niece, she was asking when I was gonna be with my niece, and so I so that's the answer. We're gonna sneak up there, hopefully not get caught, and get, hopefully not get a ten thousand dollar fine. But you know, it is what it is. New yeah, York, that ain't no good. I got too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, getting back into the uh, car stuff. You know what my first car was before it was popular? I totaled it. No idea. Paid two thousand dollars for it. Paid two thousand dollars for it back in the day. It was a. Uh, AE86. Oh, yeah. 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 They're still not as uh, popular as people think, but there's a big following of them now. The prices have went through the roof on some of them. 
They're like freaking like thirty thousand dollars. I paid two thousand dollars for mine, but that's well, before well, initial D came out. People who don't realize, it was a Corolla twin cam known as the AE eighty six was the star of a of a anime called Initial D. Now everyone wants to buy these cars to drift them because Initial D. Uh, so they're really expensive now. Did you know that there's actually something that I think is earlier than Initial D that the AE86 came from? No, what is that? You heard of the 80s movie called The Wraith? The Wraith? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that one. He was uh, he, he was killed and he came back. Yeah, yep. his black car. Do you know that that black car is a real car? No. That is a real car that was a one-off prototype that was done through Mitsubishi and Dodge together that ended up becoming the uh, the Mitsubishi 3000 GT, which stemmed off leading to the AE86. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, that movie was, it was interesting because he gave the car to his little brother. Right, I so, think so. And yeah, yeah. So that's what I didn't get because the whole thing, like when he died and came back, it was like him, the driver in the suit, and the car together was like both like possessed or alive or whatever. Well, and then not, he's gonna give the car to his brother later. Not only that, is the police were looking for a murderer driving that car, and now his brother has a car. Yup. Yup. So now they're going to think his brother murdered all those people. So he just basically, it was a Dodge Stealth. That's what it was. Yep, Dodge Stealth. <clears throat> so basically, he could, he made his brother into a criminal who's going to go to jail for a long time for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah, because he, he can't prove that he didn't do it. So they, they know the guy who owns a car. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got the, it's in his possession. Possessions, nine-tenths of the law. What's he going to say? My dead brother did it and gave it to me? Yup. Either way, then, then you're going to the loony bin for the rest of your life. Yeah, so you, so he's screwed either way, man. It's not yep, fair. No. Then you don't get your guns, either way it goes. Nah, he takes away, they take away their guns. Um, I miss 80s movie logic. So do I. Okay, but it doesn't make any sense. I don't know, man. My mom always told me I was born in the wrong decade. Yeah, the Dodge Stealth was first, and the Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4 was next. And that, I think you've heard about that. Yep. I wanted the Dodge Stealth, but I got a freaking Toyota by myself. And then my second car was a Camaro. But, yep, that's what actually led to me getting into guns in the first place was I got all the way back, I got started with building custom computers, and I used to compete professionally in gaming before it was cool and a televised thing where you can actually make money at it yeah i was uh i was the second best warlock in world of warcraft for like a long time yeah <laughs> and battlegrounds before you can make mo tons of money i, I was born counter -Strike a little bit too was my big deal. what's that counter-strike was my big deal dude i play uh call of duty religiously i used to stream it on weekends a little bit but it but it lags me when I try to stream to YouTube for some reason. I ended up dying a lot. I couldn't figure out why I was dying. Then I figured out it was, it was lagging. So 
Well, I'm actually glad that you brought up anime and now we done talked about gaming and stuff because that's another segue into the gun stuff dealing with Swamp Dog Army that I wouldn't mind talking about as well. Go ahead and talk about it. Something that I'd always been interested in uh, for myself and now that I'm opening a shop, I figured there's got to be other people interested as well, but I'm going to be building real-life guns based off of some famous guns from video games and anime. One of the the main ones that uh, a lot of people probably, well, I say a lot of people, I forget there's people that's a lot younger than me now, but uh, the Samurai Edge pistol from the first Resident Evil game. Nice. Is one of the ones I'm going to be doing. And then uh, for the anime, uh, if you're familiar with Trigun, Bash the Stampede, I'm going to be doing the Trigun gun from that anime series. There, You know what? I, I want the guns from Helsing, the anime. I'd have to take a look at it. But I'm probably could take a probably could take a crack at it. No, I think they're mostly like Dever they look like Dever Eagles kinda. Yeah, well that's why the first list of four or five or so guns that I'm taking a crack at is all ones that I can identify a gun to underneath everything to base it off of to start with instead of starting from scratch completely. But I am gonna do a complete from scratch build of the Good Samaritan from Hellboy. Nice. You know what? If you walk around Shot Show, you notice everyone making Desert Eagles into the Deadpool gun. Yup, yup, yup. So yeah, uh, a lot of people are saying that they'll buy it. So go so ahead. That was cool. That was cool to me at the first twenty times I seen it, but then the next five hundred, then it kind of lost its coolness. Yeah. Like every year he goes, oh, another hell, another uh, Deadpool gun, yay! Because they're just different eagles, but uh, just diff- different designs. Yep. But uh, gunsmithing's actually literally in my DNA, you could say, because I have a ancestor that's five or six generations back that actually invented a revolver design during the Civil War. If you look oh, really? up on the Slocum revolver and patented in 1863, I believe. I don't I know have one Joseph first... Slocum, right? Say what? But wasn't that invented by a guy named Joseph? No, it was invented by a guy named Frank. Frank, I don't know where I got Joseph from. Um, I just know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what this is. But yeah, it was during the time when Smith and Wesson had the Rollin White patent for a drilled through cylinder. So pretty much anybody else making a revolver was getting sued. So my great great uncle came up with the idea of instead of drilling through the cylinder, have the actual chamber separate from the cylinder and the chamber slide in to a basically a trunk to make your cylinder. Yeah, there it is. And I'm working on the design right now for a modern upgrade Slocum Revolver Model 2, you could say. That would be really cool. That combines the Slocum Revolver with the 
I think it's the M47 or M48 Medusa. Oh, really? Which was supposed to be able to handle pretty much any nine millimeter or 357 bore cartridge from nine millimeter and 380 all the way up to, excuse me, 357 Magnum. But the problem with that, it used the same cylinder. So for the ones that was a shorter cartridge, since 357 is so long, pretty much anything smaller than that, you have so much free bore before it gets to the actual rifling of the barrel that it wasn't accurate past five to 10 feet. But taking the aspects of the Slocum revolver by being able to actually change out the cylinder, or not the cylinder, the chambers in the cylinder itself, you can have the chambers themselves to where it has some rifling in it instead of being completely free bore before it gets to it. So you can actually have some accuracy for cartridges that shorter. Oh, Clover Texas, he has the only real Mandalorian rifle out there. I don't know if he's going to, he made a Mandalorian I've seen rifle. one picture of a real deal one online that I can't find the source of, but it's probably his. But I would argue that it's not the real, real deal because I don't know if you know it, but the real rifle that they used to build the Mandalorian prop rifle in the movie is a World War II prototype rifle. Oh, really? Wow. I did not know that. I didn't know if you, that's a, a gun fact for you that I don't know if you or a lot of people out in the audience knows about, but all of the guns from the original first Star Wars trilogy in the movie, because the, the people doing the props and stuff was trying to save money, all of the blasters and everything is World War II prop guns with plastic pieces added to them. Yeah, I, I did know that. Um I, I absolutely did know that. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Clover Tech, Paul, I can guarantee you he knew that because he's a big Star Wars fan too. Yep, yep. Um, somebody wants to know, uh, uh, Chris Shumake wants to know what your thoughts are on the FDI. Uh, well, I'd have two things to say. If you're trying to do it to, like, say, get your foot into working for someone else, like you're trying to get that to have the degree to go have that on your resume, don't do that. Unless you're planning on also doing like a two-year or one-year machining degree at a community college. But for me, for what I'm doing, trying to do stuff for myself, that's what I think SDI is really good for. Because to be able to do the classes in the first place, you have to be good at self-management to be able to, because you got to do a lot of the stuff on, on your own. They give you guidance and stuff, which is real good. So you have to be kind of be able to learn on your own some. But as far as like trying to think of it as a like a traditional school type thing, people that are looking for that might get a little bit disappointed. Really? I see the commercials a lot and they make it seem like it's going to be really easy to get a job after you finish. Well, they do have a lot of a lot of uh, <clears throat> partnership programs where you can do internships at other shops, so you can build that experience and have that to show along with your degree. But the degree itself, as far as actually 
trying to put in an application, say at the gun shop down the road, the just the gunsmithing degree from SDI isn't really going to hold a lot of weight to them unless you have like the the best thing that you could do if you're trying to do that. Go ahead and plan ahead when you're starting the school on a couple of builds that you're going to do yourself that you're wanting to show off and then take your degree to the shop you're going to and bring a couple of guns that you personally worked on and put them in their hands to look at. And that's where you'll really get a good, uh, it'll go good with it. But the degree piece of paper by itself, a lot of places don't really think of that as much if you don't have any kind of experience or something like machining or CNC work to go with. CNC is really big as far as what the uh, gun industry hiring positions are looking for. Interesting. Interesting. That's kind of what I figured. Um, a lot of the stuff is marketing where they make it seem like you'll be able to get a job like right away. Like people are going to be like clamoring. Yeah. You know, well, one thing that I did like about it is they did go over a lot of the uh, kind of, I would say, old school type gunsmithing, like checkering and stuff that ain't really big right now where everybody's wanting stippled or laser etched this and that. They did go over a lot of the old school techniques where the gunsmithing type work came from. Like one of the big deals uh, classes that's part of the program is you build a uh, Muzzle loader, black powder muzzle loader. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a that's that's really interesting. But how many like black black powder muzzle loaders? How many times you're gonna have to build one of those in your gunsmithing day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, that's that's one thing that. Uh, uh, well, that's another thing that is good with SDI is there's a really good. Uh, community of current and former students that has came in handy more than I could even say for the school itself that as far as pretty much any kind of question or something you could come up with someone's gonna chime in with something or be able to help give you a point you in the right direction on something or some kind of part that might be really really hard to find because they only made like a hundred of these guns someone's going to be able to help you find a part or something too that is a yeah that that is really good um i, I just don't have the dexterity to do anything in my hands i have nerve damage i had to get a bunch of nerve surgery i used to do at the same time uh going back to the sdi as a school itself and getting a job it's in my opinion it's kind of similar to a lot of community college type associate degrees when you go to actual work with it, it doesn't really hold as much weight as what you would think it would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I come from an engineering background. So, you know, you, you can have yeah, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. I'd recommend it to a lot of my friends and stuff. It's just, you have to kind of know what you want at the end when you're going into it on how you approach it. I mean, you can go into my field, um, engineering, um, and have a degree from Matchbox University. Yeah. All right, you're hired just because there's not a lot of uh, people in my industry. For every my when I did engineering, um, for every one job, one person 
there were four jobs. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And that's another thing too, with the way the gun industry is constantly up and down as someone just starting out trying to get into it. It's not really something you, you can't really project how things is going to be two months from now. There might be job openings now and then something had happened. And then you, your next thing you know, you're laid off or something like the beginning of COVID happens or God forbid a Democrat wins in November and then everything gets, everybody's flooding and needing extra hands to help fill orders and this and that or build stuff and all that. So it, it's one of the industries that's up and down a lot more than other careers you might look for. Yeah, definitely. So exciting news, right? I redid my website. That's cool. You want to take a look at it? Yeah, I'll take you can pull it up on here. Oh yeah, I'll pull yeah, it. Up. Go ahead, right here. This is my new website. Here. Digging, your, right. digging your overlay graphics and stuff, making it look all CNN like. Yeah, this is my website, right? Pretty cool. I, I gotta fix that. I didn't put the. Sorry, G Webs. I forgot to put your stuff up. I'll fix that. I have all my MLN articles, my YouTube videos, and everything else. And one of the cool things is, if you click on partners. Right here, yep. You can uh, actually go, and there's a bunch of discounts and everything. Like if you want, like, ballistic, if you want, like, a bolt or vest, you can go to Safe Light and use code John C and get ten percent off. Or um, a Hawaiian house, ten percent off. Uh, I got to pit the Uncle Sam's misguided children up there. You get ten percent off there too. And these are all places that helped me grow. Well, uh, my shop ain't open right now. I'm going to be opening the first of uh, the year. But once I get open, I'll send you a link for 10% off your for your viewers, too, for gunsmith work or cleaning work. Yeah. I have all my Facebook and my podcast, the audio podcast, video podcast, uh, everything. I have deals. So I have I got deals on special things. When I see something that's cheap, I'll, I'll throw it up there. Um, a lot of black one tactical stuff, Brownell stuff, because they're they've been a big supporter of me too. So yeah, well, that's, that's, that. that's that. All right, so looks nice and sleek. Yeah, so let's go back to SDI. SDI, you wouldn't recommend it um, alone. You would see it more as a step. Yes, it, it, it's a very good base that shows you which direction you should go in. Good. But don't don't think that it's going to give you everything you need. It's going to give you your foundation, but you need to build up on that depending on what you're wanting to build. If you're wanting to go into, say, uh, like I know a lot of people that did it, they did it, and then they took extra uh, classes and certifications to be a, appraisers. You can make a whole career just out of appraising firearms. Yeah, that, that's something I would like to do, appraise firearms. I'm big into the historical aspect of them, and I can tell that you are too. Yeah, well, and that's another thing as far as career-wise, and uh, some of this stuff is stuff that ain't actually mentioned by SDI themselves, but they give you the basis to pursue some of this stuff, but you can actually get your, uh, I forget the name of it. You'd have to Google it, 
but you can get a, a appraisal certificate to be a actual a certified appraiser and you can go and uh, testify at trials and stuff as an expert in firearms and you can make up to $200 just for a 20 minute thing talking about this barrel did this or a certain aspect of whatever just just for 20 minutes of your time yeah i mean that's i think that's the real way to make money here is to do stuff like that and then like i said as far as the sdi goes they go into a lot of the basics of some of that stuff and then the more you look up and research on your own you can see how that stuff can apply to other things besides just working in a gun shop and but it's still being like the gun industry or firearm industry let me ask you this in history what is your favorite gun of all of all that's a big question it is that's why i asked it i don't i don't ask, I don't ask uh like uh softball questions that I won't tell people when I'm really going to ask them. Like, well, if I mention what I think the, my, my favorite of all time, uh, unobtainium guns if, that has significant historical background, I would say the puckle gun, but you might not even know what the puckle gun is. I know what the puckle gun is, but describe it to everyone. It's a uh, literally the world's first machine gun. And it was it was made. Uh, keep in mind, this was back during crusades and religious wars, like for real, not like nowadays and stuff. But they literally made two different bullets for this gun, where you would have round bullets for Christians that is supposed to be civilized, and then it shot these square blocks that you were supposed to shoot. Uh, non-christians muslims and whatever the not not civilized people because they didn't deserve a round bullet and it was a big like revolver looking thing that had a tripod and everything but that would be my choice of my favorite from all time and as far as one to actually have i would have to say a browning 1919. this is probably it there it is, the puckle gun. Yep. Yep. Forgotten yep. Weapons did something on it. I was going to say Forgotten Weapons is my favorite go-to. They have so much. He did a real good video on the Slocum Revolver, too. That's actually how I found out about it and then did research and connected that he is my ancestor through uh, ancestry and family history and stuff. And I was able to track down a first year production revolver that still has a lot of the silver, silver plating and engraving and even a pearl grip or ivory grip. Did you buy it? I bought, I bought it for myself for my graduation present from SDI. That is it's awesome. Still the most expensive gun that I've ever bought and the only gun that I would never sell. That is awesome. Um, it's really cool that you got to connect with family like that, especially through guns. Family is a big thing to me. So that's really, really cool. And that's something that I'm glad I'm able to help a little bit with as well, because I'm the same way, I'm, which I'm sure you can understand or figured out that family is big to me as well. 
Yeah. Um, I want a couple guns, and you're going to laugh at why I want them. And one gun is unattainable. Like, one gun you can't get. I mean, I, I know you can't get it. Um, it's called the Franken gun. Okay. I'm trying to find it. Uh, basically, it was a World War II gun that they don't have any left of at all. Uh, Paul Schul, who's a friend of mine, a Canadian friend, uh, <laughs> called the Stinger. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to bring it up right here. I found an image of what it, but Paul Schul, because Paul Schul rebuilt it. Um, he had a show on uh, on uh, National Geographic. Where he went and recreated some of the the best guns in history that aren't aren't in existence anymore. And he's a cool, very cool guy. He's a friend. I gotta have him on my show. Um, he just yeah. stuff about guns. I was gonna say that sounds like a dude right up my alley. I wouldn't mind meeting him or getting in touch with him too. It's kind of interesting. It's a mixture. Oh, I was fixing to say you're talking about the Stinger. Stinger, yeah. It's it, also known it, as the Stinger. Yeah, is this the one that you was calling the Franken gun, or is that something well, different? No, this is the, the Stinger and Franken gun. It's two different names for the same gun. Okay, that that's because I was going to say I know Stinger. I've actually been looking to build a few reproductions of them myself once I get going. Yeah, so that I'm is, in, intimately familiar with that gun design. Yeah, well, we'll get to this one in a second. But uh, what do you know about the Stinger? Uh. Like the full history of it and stuff. No, no. Uh, with, you know what it's made out of, right? Yeah, it's a it's a 1919 with a BAR stock and a bipod from uh, it's something else I can't remember. But it was built by Marines on the boats on the way over there. Yeah, because it, they didn't have a portable heavy machine machine gun like that. Yeah, so they made it themselves. There, there are seven of them made. Yep. And do you know why there was, a, uh, again, go back to Forgotten Weapons. He's got a great video talking about that. Oh, and he does? How, how there, why there was the extra seventh gun because the there was a, a dude on the boat that worked in the machine shop that they talked to to, to help do the work. And he said, yeah, I'll help you do it, but uh, I want one too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, and then the the guys that built it ended up getting the medal of medal of honor for using that gun, and was actually documented as a homemade gun. Yeah. Um, Christian makes says he wants to go to SDI just so he can build his own guns. He's not looking to um, build mini guns for anyone else. Then I would say that is a perfect situation for what SDI is going to be good for. That, 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 that was what I went into it for. I went into it before I even decided that I wanted to open a shop. I went into it figuring, hey, I'm looking into building guns and doing a lot more custom work myself. Why not see how to do it? To And doing it through SDI, in my opinion, excuse me, or my thinking of it, you get some tools and some parts and stuff that's pretty good to start out with. If you're going to have to buy them tools and stuff yourself anyways, go ahead and take the classes so you can get a degree with it. Awesome. Also, this is the second gun I want. 
you probably everyone out there is probably bored with this, but this right here is a liberator. They were dropped over France. They were a single shot forty-five, and they actually you actually had extra rounds in the uh, in the grip, but they weren't like magazine fed or anything. They were just in the grip. You had to take them out, stick them in there. Yeah, stick that little door doesn't even doesn't even have a latch or something. It's just from the 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 way that it's stamped that kind of holds it on there. It's just a little pocket. Yeah. So they dropped these over France, and the point of this was you. The, the French resistance was supposed to grab this, go up, shoot a Nazi, and take their gun. Yep. It was meant to be a one-time thing. And uh, they dropped it because uh, they dropped it more than just – or their original plan was to drop it in more than just France. So everybody's speaking all different kind of languages. When they dropped these, the instructions that they dropped was a little comic sheet like pictures yeah. of people using it and loading it and whatever so that it didn't matter what language you spoke you could look at them pictures and figure out what you were supposed to do and it even had a part at the bottom about you're supposed to like shoot the nazi dude and take his gun yeah yeah I, i've actually seen the comic so i want one and not that i would ever fire it because they're incredibly dangerous and they don't work most of the time I know a place where you can buy one, but uh, they're pretty penny. They're like 3000 last time I looked. Yeah, I was going to say Dragon Man has a few of them. Yeah, I'm going to have his daughter on her for my show soon. That would be awesome. I will definitely check back to watch when that happens. Yeah, I'll try to get him on, but I don't know. So, yeah, so that. I've actually messaged him a few times about coming out there and working with him, but I ain't heard nothing back. Oh. Hopefully, what do you what do you think of the shirt? Oh, I like United the shirt. Stand disarmed, we fall. I don't know. I can't tell. I got two different views of the camera. What show? Uh, it's on. It's showing. I'll I'll make it show even better. I will bring down the names. Give me one second here. Ah, can't find it. All right, show name. I don't know. oh here it is. Bam. All right. Now everyone can see. Well, there it. you go. And then uh, I was looking at the mirrored thing, so I was reaching for the wrong side. <laughs> oh, excuse yeah, me, metal on concrete chair. This is the back of it. It's got my logo and phone number for the shop. And then here's a close-up of the front. Well, that's cool. I gotta get me one. But I got these shirts for sale too for twenty dollars. Uh, you contact me by email. Well, I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm definitely gonna do that. Definitely. <laughs> I also oh, want to show. I planned on sending you one, dude. I was just talking about as far as the viewers go. <laughs> one other gun. This is my absolute favorite gun. MP44. What that? Is that a Sturmgewehr? Yeah, yeah, MP44 right there. Yeah, you're, you're right up my alley, man. I love the historical stuff. I love this gun. I love this gun. I love this gun. And I went out to uh, Vegas, and I met with the people from Rifle Dynamics, right? Yeah. And uh, Mark from Rifle, the owner of Dynamics, he bought it from Jim. Jim sold it. Uh, uh, he, Mark... 
said, hey, let me show you something. He pulled this out, and I nearly dropped. <laughs> he's like, hey, you want to go shoot it? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> is the sky blue? Yeah, so they have one. Uh, this is like a $100,000 gun. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of them unobtainium type level things or something that you would buy for an investment. Yeah, and, and the, the bullets, uh, the rounds are like unique, so they're expensive too. Yep, and a lot of them place uh, places that they're custom loaded. Yeah, I, I put about 500 rounds through it. Well, that's making some people jealous out here. Yeah, they're People were coming up and wanting to shoot it, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, you we really can't shoot it. It's uh, you know, he's media, so he gets to shoot it, but no one else does." Because oh, we were at a place called Red October. I'm not sure if you know what Red October is. I've heard of it, but I'm not real familiar. It is a big uh, AK event, a clash bash. It's like clash bash, but in Vegas instead of Texas. Well, there you go. Yeah, and. Uh, $10 entry and all these different manufacturers have machine guns set up. So you pay $10 and you just shoot machine guns all day. You don't want to pay for ammo. <laughs> there you go. You can't beat that, especially the way stuff is right now. Yeah. Um, I went out there for media. So I was covering it, you know, I went out there like the day early and everything else. Um, got to hang out with like a bunch of the people behind the scenes. Got a couple free AKs, which Thanks, Lee Armory. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can't, can't, can't get mad at free stuff. Yeah, no, no. Lee Armory have treated me really well. So have Riley and all those other people. X-Tech, X-Tech Tactical. I, I can't. They're not a sponsor. Right Got now. One more thing I was going to show you real quick. That's right over here on the side of the table. I'll be right I, back. Yeah. X-Tech Tactical isn't. Oh, they're really, really cool. Uh, their magazines are freaking badass. I guess I don't, but XTech Tactical, check them out. Their magazines are battle ready, and they are really, really awesome. They actually let me stay in their house. So the X, they XTech last year rented a big mansion in Vegas. So we all stayed in a big mansion in Vegas, which was awesome. It was the most gaudy place in the world. Uh, I'll be right with you. That marble, marble stuff everywhere, marble floors. It was crazy. Uh, Red October is canceled, but going on now. All right, Swamp Dog, Armory, Cody, what are you showing us? I know. I think I know what it is. I was gonna say I do custom. I do custom guitars as well. This is a sunken cypress guitar neck that I'm working on. How long did it take you to do one of those? And then say what? How long did it take you to do one of those? How long does it take to do one? Start to finish probably a month and a half. Well how many hours? <sighs> oh at least Probably sixty to eighty hours altogether. That's freaking crazy. Cause I do a lot. I don't. I don't have a lot of big machinery. I do a lot of the stuff by hand. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't do any of that stuff. 
But that's one thing that I'm thankful for. A lot of the stuff that goes with the guitar building also works with the rifle building, such as the duplicator machines for the guitar bodies for being able to do the rifle stocks and stuff to get your a lot of your raw shaping done. And then it saves a lot of time when it just comes down to the hand finishing. Yeah. Um, I used to do MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and threw so many elbows and also Muay Thai. I, I threw so many elbows that actually damaged the nerves from scar tissue. So they had to go yeah. in and route my nerves because I was moving like movement of my fingers. So I never got all my movement back, but I have like uh, right here in this arm. I got a, you can see kind of a big scar. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it right there. Yeah, the scar that goes from here all the way Sun's down. Conditioning. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't hit them bamboo bars hard uh, enough times. Well, it hit him so much, it built up car, scar tissue that started cu cutting out the nerve. So basically, they routed this, ner this nerve here to the front of my arm. So right down here, I have no nerves. So it's all here. So if I touch here, I can feel it back here. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> that... That'd be really trippy if you was drunk. Yeah. But yeah, that's from uh, just ramming in, into people's heads. Yep. I used to be a lot lighter. I used to be like 140 pounds before I got fat when I stopped. When I got injured, I stopped. And uh, when you stop something that, you know, you burn like thousands of calories a day, you just. Yeah, it makes a difference. Your body chemistry and stuff changes metabolism and all that rates go down yeah i gotta get back in there so you see i was the opposite i used to be huge when i was younger and then lost a lot of it over time just from changing how i eat and stuff yeah that's what i gotta do so any projects coming up that we can talk about you have one big project with me and another huge youtuber that i can't say yeah, I was going to say it's hard not to mention anything about that. But, yeah, uh, I can talk about that. The build that I was talking about, about the RX-7, uh, I'm actually, like I said, uh, Angel Motorsports, uh, angelmotorsports.com and Angel Motorsports on YouTube. I'm building them a couple of custom guns for the, the, in exchange for them to do the engine work for me. One of them, I think I was talking to you about when I was asking you about the binary triggers in the CZ Scorpions. Yeah, my I love my binary trigger, Franklin Armory. Uh, they're that they make a binary trigger, and I think their binary trigger is probably the best on the market. There's other binary triggers out there that's a little bit cheaper. Um, but the, I, I like the Franklin Armory binary trigger. I have like binary triggers from like everyone in Franklin. They're not a sponsor or anything. I like, I want to put that up front, but I, I just think that their binary triggers are like the best on the market right now. Yeah. And I was fixing to say, I'm definitely not sponsored by none of them neither, but for my, no, uh, poor man's researching, Everything I've looked at from people that have them all love the Franklin Armory triggers more than any of the other competitors. Yeah. And for, go ahead. Yeah, they're just better. Uh, there's a trigger company called Digi Triggers who triggers are awesome, but they run on batteries. I mean, they're mechanical. So I was like, going to say, it's funny that you mentioned that. 
if your battery's dead, it's uh, fine. Um, but it, it eats up batteries quick when you put it into binary mode. Safe and safe and semi doesn't run on the batteries, so you can fire all day. When you put it in the binary mode, what it does, it changes the dynamics of the trigger. It it messes with the pull, um, and there's no brake, so it's really fast. And it changes the trigger rate down to one pound. Yep. It's funny that you mentioned them because I actually reached out to them as well, waiting to hear back. But uh, one of the projects that I started when I went into SDI, I'm working on a AR-15 bullpup conversion kit. Yeah. What's up with you and bullpups? I don't know. I just like them, man. <laughs> Do you look at well, it? It's like everything's bullpups. Bullpup this, bullpup that. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I like anything that's different. That's why I like rotaries. Rotary engines, bullpups. There, there's not a car with a rotary engine anymore. I think the the RX-8 was the last one. RX-8 was the last one, and I think the last model was in 2016, maybe. But they are coming out with a new one, supposedly, from their patent drawings. They're doing a rotary uh, hybrid. Yeah, I don't put, you know... Who knows when that's going to come out? They don't, they don't have it like scheduled or anything. They just have the patent out there. That's all that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. As far as the bullpups, that's one of the things. Uh, I'd like to say I can't explain why they interest me so much, but there's a lot of. Uh, I, I think part of it is the side of me that just loves to tinker, and there's a lot of bullpup designs that have issues or common issues with bullpup designs that. The whole point of me trying to come up with this design that I was working on was I started from them common problems to start with and then went from there, making sure, okay, the biggest drawback with most uh, bullpups is the trigger pull. They either have a sloppy, a gritty, or a, just a crappy trigger pull because but you have to have a linkage from that front trigger to where the actual action is at the back. And then the second big uh, drawback or complaint about bullpups is a lot of them just look ugly. So I went from tackling the trigger design and the aesthetics and then worked from there as far as finishing out the design and work at that digi-trigger, digital trigger system is one of the things that I'm looking at for incorporating into the design where you mentioned their running on batteries and their current design ain't really good for battery life, but incorporating it into my conversion kit, I have space in the back side of the stock where you can put two or three of the, uh, I think it's a 18650 battery, like what's in a lot of vapes and flashlights. The, the one that I have, uh, it, it actually runs on uh, nine volts. Yep. Okay. But I'm, I was building a battery pack built into the okay. stock section of the bullpup thing so that you don't have to worry about running dead that little battery. Because like you said, all you're using the battery for is actually when you're in that binary mode. Yeah. And, and it, it door cells, for some reason it works with door cells better than inner drivers, inner drivers. Battery life that sucks, but Duracell is good. And I and I checked with them. They're like, yeah, it's not because the Duracell is bad. It's just, I mean, the energizers are bad. It's just we designed it for Duracell. I was like, 
Yeah, I was reading some of their technical data on it, and it was talking about how it was like optimized for Duracell battery, but I hadn't actually heard from anyone who was trying to use like an energizer or something and how much of a difference it actually was. I, I, I would run 500 rounds through it per range session. And it, with the energizer, yep. I would get three, 400 rounds before it would die. It would die. Um, the Duracells would run 500 rounds all day. It would make it through the door. The, ener the energizer would have to switch. Yeah, that, that does sound like a lot, but that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Even if, even though that 100 rounds might only last a few more seconds. <laughs> well, well, the most I, I did run a Duracell. I brought a thousand rounds. I ran a thousand rounds through it, and it and it was still firing after a thousand rounds of the Duracell, which ended up with three, four hundred rounds before it before it crap out. And the, like they said, it's not that the that the, the energizer is bad. It's just they designed it for the Duracell. I didn't even know that was a freaking thing. And I was going to say I didn't realize that the design of a nine volt battery could change that much. I mean. Cause I used to use not, I used to build the, I don't know if you've, uh, I showed you the guitar stuff. I don't know if you ever heard of a cigarette box amp. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to build those a lot and you just run them off a of nine volt. So I'd have, I just go down to the store and grab whatever the cheapest brand nine volt was, or if they just happen to only have Energizer or Duracell and them things, it didn't matter which brand or anything you put in them. They ran the same or, didn't run the same. All right. Well, I'm gonna hit this before my alarm goes off. We've been on for an hour, so I'm gonna do my final plugs and I'll give you the final word. Visit us at patreon.com slash John Crump. My website is redesigned at crumpy.com. You can buy my book and everything else there, so all my links are there now. Um, I do sub super chats. And uh, you can join Gun Owners of America for 25% off at gunowners.org slash black-swan-media. If you go to crumpy.com and click on partners, you can get all my discount codes and everything else. Remember, we are sponsored by Black Swan Tactical. Use Black Swan Tactical code CRUMPY. Visit Uncle Sam's misguided children. Um, dot com and use the code CRUMPY for 10% off. And in hawaiianhouse.org, use Crumpy for 10% off. Also, if you want to look for body armor, I don't have a banner for it, but if you go to Safe Lake Defense, you can use Crump, uh, code John C and get 10% off their stuff. So, yeah, so that is it for me today. Um, I will be back tomorrow with uh, someone who does a lot of gun news. Stay tuned to find out who that is. All right, I'm going to kick it off to. Uh, Cody from Swamp Dog Armory. Tell people how they find you, whatever else you want to tell them. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Swamp Dogs Armory or Swamp Dog Armory, no S. Uh, Facebook, Swamp Dog Armory, and Instagram, Spike Slocum. Why Spike Slocum? Uh, well, because uh, I used to, well, I still am a biker. I just don't have a bike at the moment, but. My, I do a lot of custom patches and custom leather work, and I have spikes that are about two to three inches long on my shoulders of my vest. So everybody called me Spike. 
So it just stuck. Uh, all right. Well, all right, guys. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, thanks for watching, and uh, have a good day.